And now it's time for Brian's Burnt Brats.
And now it's time for Mark Mullins' Classic Tales. Alright, so we're going to try something new here today. I'm just going to tell a story for the first time ever. Uh, but I think I got a good one here, Brian, so just give me a chance. I love it. Let's go. Alright, so let's... I wanted to go right into the Euchre, but we can't go into Euchre before we talk about poker. Okay. So, obviously, you know, Corona starts around the same time for everybody when Rudy Gobert gets it uh, for the Utah Jazz there in the NBA. That yep. gets shut down, and then all of a sudden, things go into a bit of a panic mode. One thing I even I don't think we've even talked about is your championship hockey game. We'll get to that, Mark. We will definitely get to that. I'm sure you'll ensure that. So, I obviously, you know, right away, as as uh, competitors, we have to find a way way to compete early. Yeah, and no, there was no sports to even watch to like, you know, get competitive with that. Well, yeah, it's been a while since everyone's been grounded together. You know, maybe when you get like five straight days of rain. Maybe you can get people in their houses for this long, but like, or for a, you know, a sort of a consistent amount of time, but never, never anything like this. Never, never months. No. So you know, what are competitors going to do in a time like this? Obviously, you're going to gamble. But Brian, when I gamble, I'm gambling in sports. I'm not gambling in any other means. But those were shut down. So uh, not only am I not playing sports myself. I'm not watching sports either. I'm a sports addict. And I was without that. Yeah. So what is the next rational thing to do? Uh, find another means of gambling. Exactly. And what's the <laughs> most fun thing to do right off the top of my head? Poker. 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 I, uh, I was actually a day mm. late. I think you guys started playing poker. There was you and, like, a few of our other friends that started playing poker, you know, the day before me. It felt yeah. like I was way behind. Because you'd probably already played 15 games by the time I came in and joined again in one day. Yeah, and you guys may be judging us right now, like, calling us gambling addicts. But we're playing, what, $5 games? Maybe a $2 play and go or sit and go or whatever it may be. But so, anyways, continue, Mike. Uh, also, during uh, quarantine, uh, Michael Jordan's The Last Dance came out. And uh, during it, he said he didn't have a gambling problem. He had a competition problem. Absolutely. I can and relate I, to that. I really relate to that. Yeah, for sure. He also taught me a thing or two in, the, in that documentary. Uh, but just the way he decides to live his life. I want to hear it. Well, here I have doubts. Like, when I go to shoot something, I'm like, you are going to blow it, and everyone's going to be so <laughs> upset with you. <laughs> he doesn't do that at all. He thinks he's going to hit the shot every time. He doesn't even think about it. It doesn't even cross his mind that he's going to miss a shot. Same thing in golf. Yeah, but that's when you're the GOAT, Molly. We're, yeah, not, we're like not the GOAT. I'm not the GOAT. But, <laughs> Maybe uh, podcasts, but not... Not sports. Anyways, I'm getting off track. Poker. <laughs> so, naturally I go to poker. Uh, a bunch of my buddies are also playing poker. And we just go through a hot poker free, uh, phase. And, you know, we're just... I, me, personally, I'm losing money. It's not going well. I'm not even winning games I'm supposed to win. 
Like, I, I would go into 50-cent games for fun, in quotations, thinking I'd come out an easy victor and be the first one out in the within, like, three hands. It didn't take long for me to understand. I'm just not that good at poker. I thought I was good at once because I beat my friends. But it, what turned out, what it turned out to be was my friends are just really bad at poker, too. And I'm, I was slightly better on that day once. I'm not that good at poker, and uh, there's a lot of people in the online community much better than I am, and uh, it was proven early. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. But we, we've known this, Molly. We've okay. gone through this phase before, yeah, we did, which is we, where I thought your classic tale was going to start. Well, yeah. Our, well, you know what? Our, we did have a phase <laughs> in university, a full year of, of just poker parties, like sleep at a minimum, just like video gaming. It was yeah. just like it was. It was poker all day, every day, and that's all we did. Six of us. We were just it, we were at different positions in the house playing online poker at all times, all day. Yeah, and then we even had our designated night of Sunday night poker. We did. We had to have our live game on Sunday nights. Yeah, it happened every time, and so yeah, obviously gambling was a big part of our lives early, and poker. <laughs> so, but you wonder, and I wonder to myself. As I started playing poker again for the first time, you know, here in COVID. Yeah. Um, why did I ever stop playing poker? It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it doesn't take you long to realize, oh, right, I swear I'd never play this game ever again because I lose a lot. Yeah, well. And, and just miracle hands, Brian. Like, things that just could only happen in a dream scenario for the other person. That's poker stars for you, man. Always dealing magic. Always <laughs> dealing magic. And, you know, you, you can laugh it off. You can be, you said, oh, well, it's just poker, whatever. Um, but I didn't even have success. You had a little success, Brian. I had a big, well, not a big stint, but there was months where I was on the positive end of things. So that was real nice. Um, and I was the big... The big winner out of our group too, and I was I was up a couple hundred, so that was that's pretty big deal. And uh, then one day it just went all down the drain, just couldn't win anything. Like it was poker stars being poker stars every single hand, like you were just saying, just miracle hands I'm losing on. Guy would river everything, and uh, and that ended up went going down to zero but in the end i only put in 20 bucks so i was pretty happy with that it was a couple months of entertainment for me so yeah that's not, yeah. not that bad so, no it's, you know, it's it was it was that? good yeah yeah so i didn't have that luxury i was just i was losing early and often mm. always uh and you know what it was my lack of patience my inability to play poker properly and just want it to be done um quickly which doesn't happen in poker so anyways I just, I realized quickly again that, hey, I'm going to have to find another game to get me through COVID. Yes. Well, wasn't it me, you, and our old friend Jeff James, also alumni of uh, Guelph Humber? Uh, no, he's an alumni of Guelph, not Guelph Humber. Guelph, yes, he did go to Guelph Humber <laughs> for one year, and then he <laughs> left uh, to go to Guelph, the actual Guelph. Yeah. But, um, but he also went to our high school. And he also was playing poker. He was into a poker Chris. But he also was playing Euchre on the side. Right. So uh, what he did was he got three of us uh, to join him in a Euchre game. 
uh, that night, probably somewhere around the end of March. It's, if I was to guess, probably like March 28th. Sure. Like two weeks into COVID, uh, obviously, you know, things didn't go well for me at poker that night. I think you were still going in poker that night, right? Anyway, I so went for a couple months, but uh, way longer than you guys, for sure. Yeah. But it was, uh, eventually I fell like everyone else did and lost the money and then, you know, needed something else. Exactly. Yeah. So we, uh, so anyways, we had a lot of fun that night. No, you did play that night because it was me, you, Jeff James. It was somebody else. I can't remember who it was. doesn't matter. Uh, four of us played uh, Euchre that night, and we said, oh, man, this is a good time. We should do, we should just make this a league. Yeah. And somebody, I, I want to say you just said, Molly, make a league. So I did. Yeah. And I started maybe the league of all leagues. And what, one of the, probably one of the, my biggest accomplishments in my entire life. Molly, as much as I hate you as commissioner and I give you grief as commissioner all the time, you are, you did create something special and it gets the people talking. It does get the people talking. And it, it, it manipulates your mind throughout the week. For those that don't know Molly, he loves to take it to the next level, always. So whenever he can, and he can, he's the commissioner, he does. And uh, we've had, it, we're in our, what, fourth season now? Yeah, we're in season four. Yeah. yeah, and the rules on rules have been just so classic, Molly. No, yeah, that's what, if you're ever going to play play sports with me or gamble with me or anything, you got to expect that I'm going to take it to the next level. <laughs> to the point where even I think it's ridiculous. I will send it there and I'll be like, oh, wait, no, I hate that rule. Um, but that's just, the way I, that's just the way I run things, you know? Can you talk about the inaugural season? Yeah, so yeah, that's what you got to do, right? So it's just funny because if you talk about your uh, the way you were, uh, you and your, I'm uh, trying to think of uh, what you were talking about earlier, with your video game. Oh, yeah, all the, the morals are community. written down right there. Exactly, the <laughs> online community, but it was the same thing. So, you know, we didn't know each other. We had, we uh, in the first season, we had eight guys. Yeah. But as time goes on, we branched out uh, to 12 guys, and eventually we hit the six, 16 guys yeah. in the third season. Right. And, you know, the majority of these people don't really hang around each other. We may have known each other a little bit by name. Like, I could see a guy and recognize that, hey, that's, you know, that's this guy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't actually know him as a person, never hung around with him. Turns out that these guys are absolute beauties. Every like, single one of our... Our guys were beauties in uh, season three. Yeah, and it was all like friends of friends, a random neighbor of one of our friends that somehow knew a guy that lived in Carlton Place. Yeah. Uh, that he rode with, and anyways. Um, it's just funny how these 16 pe people came together, only for the love of Euchre and wanting to win. And yeah. Compete. And, you know, we, we've done a very, you know, various different ways throughout the span the last like six months or like four or five months that we've been doing it but um you know at one point it was that you know at the beginning it was every third day and this was in the height of covid when you had nothing to look forward to right so in a, in a time where you had nothing to look forward to just to be able to say okay nice i got something to have to do tonight uh, you know got the people going so uh you know i was happy to be a part of that the um 
Uh, did I get a lot of flack? Yeah. Actually, you know what? Let's get into this, Brown. I want to talk to you about this. Okay. Because it happens in everything I've ever started, and I've seen it in this Euchre, basically this whole Euchre experience, just with how Foster has treated me throughout the whole thing. So... <laughs> I can't wait to hear about this. So... Obviously, whenever you're doing something for your, and this this doesn't have to be, you know, this doesn't have to be just euchre. This could be just organizing anything for your for your buddies. Okay. Over like years and years of time, you know, like with like a Bills trip, for instance, how like it has started and how it's evolved. And yeah, how, yeah, yeah. So yeah. when it starts, everybody's just so appreciative of what you've done for them. Yeah. Like, oh my God! Like I was in, I was in a ditch by myself for hours and you dragged me out of it thank you like i needed this like this is so incredible yeah okay uh, praise just like so thankful and then a little bit of time goes by some controversy happens some controversy has to be settled by the commissioner uh and then and then it's it gets into more of like the power has gone to your head you have like this, this like. There's a definite turn from people, in their in their eyes towards the commissioner. Okay. They have now the commissioner has wronged them in some way, or is one decision has just completely crippled everything, and and all of a sudden they're not as appreciative. Now I did make some controversial moves, Brian. Right. I would say so. I do have a love for reality television. You know this. It's been I love well it. documented. Yeah. And I had the I had a really good idea in the second season, for instance, that uh, was it the top two te- top two guys two four? yep um, top two were guaranteed or no top four were guaranteed top four were guaranteed playoffs but then the next eight were available for picking yes. And the top four got to pick, and if one no, no, picked two... No, it was the two, top two, I think. It was the top two, the next six were... No, it was four, because, like, if one picked two, then it would be three, would pick whatever, and then yeah. four would be guaranteed. It worked out so that one to four would be guaranteed, and then the next available eight guys were... Yeah, that's uh, right. That's to, you could choose from them. Yes, yeah, so only the bottom two were actually eliminated. From yeah, the I was one of them. But anyways, yeah. so we don't anyway, talk about whatever. that. Not a big deal. But, <laughs> um, but in that season in particular, there was a couple of guys that were wronged. They, Very wronged. They definitely deserved. They got to fifth and I think sixth, the two of them. Uh, I turned it into a popularity contest. Uh, I did not anticipate one of one of our players, Jeff James, selling his... Uh, selling his available spot to the highest bidder. He wanted equity in the other person's uh, winnings. winnings. If yes. they were to win. Yeah, as classic soybean salesman would do, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so the shady salesman sells his sells his remaining spot, and one of the, and two of these guys don't get in. One of those guys ends up being the best Uyghur player of them all. Yeah. Clearly, as we see in season three, where he goes for gets first place and wins Brandon, the whole league, and then yeah. he wins the whole league. 
um, doesn't even get selected in season two because of the shady process. Right. We lost one of our good friends, Jesse Schaefer, because of the whole ordeal. There's other things that he claims that he'll, that he'll tell you that help, but I mean... It was the shady deal, for sure. The shady deal can't, be feel, can't make you feel good. Molly, I'm going to bring you back on topic because you know how, like, yes. this, is, this always happens. And, yes. like, I'm, I miss it, to be honest. I miss having to keep you on track. Where were we going? <laughs> you were talking about Foster, how you wronged Foster, and then you went on to the other guys you wronged. But... Oh, want, right, yeah. So, yes. so yeah. <laughs> he, no, was, he was all great. So, and then now it's a different story. I want to hear the different story. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I had to get back to this. So... <laughs> So obviously, um, you know, there's a point where the commissioner becomes uh, becomes a dick. Um, and then you get to the point where, where you know, the the activity has gotten to the point where it's so popular, it's so ingrained in everybody that of course it's going to happen. And you have past experience to draw from on how the league used to be run. Right. So when the person that's organizing and doing everything is being told, like, you have to do it like you once did, or you have to be more enthusiastic, or whatever. It's just, it's like dance monkey. And that's what it feels like. At one point, you just get tired of, of saying, of, of dancing for the people. Okay. And it's just, it's whatever, it's fatigue, it's always gonna happen. Um, and you gotta, that's why you keep on, gotta keep on changing things to mix it up, keep but- it exciting. But the thing is, like, we expect so much out of you, Molly, because it was such a good league at one point. Well, that's the thing. You, know? uh, you, you got to keep that but, standard, high but standard. That's, but that's the thing. That's the thing about starting great things. You have to continually do it. So what did Foster wrong you on? You personally called him out. You got to finish your story. Well, no, no, no. It's just the way, no, it's the thing is that you know the guy definitely appreciates what you're doing. But the more critic, the more as time goes on, the more critical he becomes of the thing. Okay, okay. So he's just a little more critical in season four. Oh, he's been the most critical in season four. (laughs) Okay. But that's just the the thing. It is the there's not as much appreciation as there once was. Although there is, I know that everybody appreciates it. Yeah. But it's just it's just funny because it's happened to me in many things. Well, Molly, I've been there. I was once a commissioner of a Boys in the Hood League uh, that lasted one season. And the things I did for everyone did not go <laughs> noticed. And I was I was outed. Yeah, you were. That, that's the AGM story. We gotta save that for another one. Yeah, I'll save that for later. But, um... I just went on a massive tangent. Not my best story you'll ever hear, folks. It wasn't classic, but I loved it, personally, because, uh, you know, you, you did make a great league, and fuck. Oh, sorry for the kids <laughs> out there, <laughs> but uh, honestly, it was... It, it's, I'm trying to say uh, it was a great online platform to just be with your friends, again. Like, uh, it was very similar to the game. But the exact same thing. You had the Brotherhood. You, you felt everything. You know, all those, all those people. You didn't, know, you didn't know them, but there was no. the Brotherhood. Yep. You had to be on time because you didn't want to let, the, let those guys down. No. Uh, loyalty, again, thing. same thing. Every Monday, every Wednesday, you know. Yeah. Leadership. You know, when you're in a game, sometimes you got to take the bull by the arms. you got to be the leader. Yep. And uh, people appreciate when you do that. Uh, communication. Uh, sometimes you just gotta communicate to your partner that they're not being that drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And there was plenty of that. And, uh, and that, that led to some really awesome post-game uh, comments. Hey, man, if you're holding on to the, the right, and your partner called the suit, and you're holding on to that till the last moment possible, that's just bad communication. you got to let your partner know you have the right, you know? That's exactly right, yeah. Yeah, anyways, continue. Spirit of adventure, yeah. That's when you have, like, the 9-10 queen, you're like, hearts. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you're confident about it. Like, that's, uh, just, that's just the spirit of adventure, yeah. You know, who, knows? who knows? The Euchre heart. players won't get it, but the Euchre players that... Are out there, will get it, and exactly. they'll love that. Passion, I mean, it's always there. Everyone cares. Mm-hmm. You know, we would not be there. Courage, I mean, going alone. Yeah. Going alone again and again and again and getting stopped. Absolutely. Or getting euchred. Can you imagine going alone, getting euchred? Yeah, I've been there. And going alone again. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the next uh And that's what? just perseverance. That's just, that's just wanting to... Just continue, you know. You're not going to change your game just because it hasn't gone well a little bit. Absolutely not. And then uh, finally, you know, service to others. Uh, I don't know where this fits in. Well, honestly. you made you made a great. You're you're putting in time, Molly. You're putting in your time and uh, your money. Well, well, you actually won, but so you're in the plus. But I'm in the plus. Time yeah. and money. You're you're putting in your efforts for everyone else to have a good time. That's a service to others. Yeah, when you break it down like that, it's just like video gaming, right? Like, the game community—it's like two communities colliding. Did I uh, convince you on my on why I game? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd mm. continue to let you game if I was Solange. If that's what you're <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she's very uh, supportive, actually, which is uh, awesome. I got love that. But um, yeah, Mark, we got to hear from our sponsors again. That was a that was a big classic tale from you. That wasn't really a tale, but. Went very long, very long. But I mean, the people, the people miss our voice, so yeah, I'm sure true. they, I'm sure they loved it. They're getting a long episode this time. My name is Mark Mullen. Brian Zorro. It's Mullen over with Mark Mullen. Couple of jokes coming at you from Labor Day weekend here, Mark. Oh, why not, eh? My boss made me go into the office on Labor Day. Halfway through the day, he came in to check up on me and caught me having a beer. He said to me, You can't drink while you're working. I said, Oh, don't worry. I'm not working. <laughs> Okay, that well, well, how do we uh, beat that one? That was such a great one. <laughs> I'd be more excited about getting away for Labor Day if I wasn't going with the people I need to get away from. <laughs> and those jokes brought to you by Labor Day Weekend. You have a good Labor Day, everyone. Time flies when uh, you're having fun, eh, Molly? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I can't even believe we're, we're almost 
hitting our 50th minute here, and it feels like we haven't even done anything yet that we said we were. Well, yeah, we're just looking at our itinerary here, and um, our third point has not been fulfilled. Well, we might as well get into that, and we'll just keep the folks entertained for as long as we can. So, I I recently saw a video of you guys, uh, and by you guys, I mean the Mullen family. Um, you guys are auditioning for Family Feud, and that kind of came out of nowhere. So, I'd love to know how it happened. Um, has this been like a while that you guys have thought that you wanted to be on Family Feud? You guys are hilarious. Your video is awesome. So, I really hope you guys get picked. Um... I want to know, are you a big fan of Family Feud? Have you um, practiced Family Feud recently? I know there's an app that you can play. Um, all these questions, Molly, remain unanswered. Can you uh, fill me in? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll tell you exactly how it happened, Brent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, me and my family, we're big into our reality shows. It's been do well documented. Uh, yes, twice on this podcast alone. And uh, obviously, you know, I, for Big Brother this year, I have a, I have a fantasy pool. Uh, it has 11 people. It's the uh, All-Stars, isn't it? It's All-Stars, yeah. It's an uh. incredible cast. <laughs> what a dream scenario. <laughs> I won't bore you guys about that. But we're, we're big reality show TV, uh, people. Okay. I always, if there was a just one channel that just dedicated themselves to just nonstop reality, I'm sure it exists. There's the Game Show Network. Really? Yes. Well, I would assume that... <laughs> I figured that it did exist. But if there was... What I was going to say there is that if it did exist, I would love that channel. Because I just can... I just love... Again, guys, I love competition. I love competition. Yeah. So, it's no surprise that, you know, I love reality TV. Because it's, uh, it's, it's uh, cinematic. It's scripted. It's competition, as it appears <laughs> to be competition, or at least there's competitions that are clearly steered in the direction of one particular person. Did, you know. So, Molly, I, I'm also, i just sorry to cut you off, <laughs> yeah. but um, it, it just made me think of my childhood, and I was a huge survivor person, and yeah. obviously, like, it was survival of the fittest, for the most part, in Survivor, but... I don't know, it had its twists and turns. But did you grow up, like, watching a lot of reality television? Is that why you love it so much today? Well, it was Survivor or is it recent? first. It was always Survivor first. Okay, okay. Because, I mean, everybody that lived in the early 2000s understands, like, that was the show. Yeah, it I agree. It was this new thing. It was for a million dollars. It was regular people. And then all of a sudden they become famous. It was such an interesting concept at the time. Yeah. And, you know, these just, you just got into it. You just got into the competition and all that stuff. Anyways, and that's, and then obviously Big Brother started around the same time. Of course, I wasn't as into Big Brother at the time, but I just, it was competition. So I was, of course, just going to watch the whole thing. And then gradually, just over the years, I just watch, I've watched every single season. Okay. Yeah, I don't watch them. Sometimes I take years off, but I eventually will watch the season <laughs> at some point. Yeah, another uh, competition show that I really liked growing up, it was always on my TV growing up, was uh, Hell's Kitchen. Oh, yeah. And Hell's Kitchen's amazing. How funny Hell's Kitchen was, because you thought, it's not like I could ever cook anything. I'm terrible at cooking. <laughs> yeah, same. But it's just like, 
oh my god, of course that was undercooked. Like, what an <laughs> idiot. You just, like, you really think that that person is an idiot. For oh, yeah. Cook, whatever. Which brings me to, brings me back to the feud. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, um, so we're just, in general, me and my family are, are big reality TV fanatics. Yeah. So there is a casting call that happened on CTV. You may have seen it without even thinking about it, but um, it was all about, you know, them casting for Family Feud, and if your family is interested, sign up or whatever. So Riley goes ahead and signs us up. So she tells us that she's doing this, and we don't think too much of it. I didn't, initially, without thinking too much about it, I didn't think we'd get an audition anyway, so I wasn't really too worried about it. But then, when I realized she was definitely going to go with the cancer thing, how all four of us have had cancer and survived it. Yeah. That we have made, there might be a chance the family feud will take us. Yeah, for sure. So, we almost immediately, within hours, get a get a casting call. Wow. Get, a, get an audition uh, via Zoom. So, we just had to be at our house. Okay. So, and they're, they're like, immediate, like, we're talking, like, hours afterwards. So, she figures out, like, it was, like, ten days later that we are going to do this, whatever, we are going to do this audition. Okay. So, I found out then, immediately forgot about it. Nine days later, oh, my sister comes home uh, from Toronto to Carlton Place to do this with us. So, it's on. And, like, we're talking day off, like, morning off. It's like, all right, we got an audition to be on Family a few years. So, here's my thing with the audition. It was it was obviously amazing. Yeah. The um, cheer that you guys came up with was very well scripted, and I loved it. Who came up with that? How did you do it? No, it was entirely Riley. Okay. Riley sends us the script. Uh couple days before she was coming so like tuesday the audition was friday oh wow and um she just sends us a script and i i sing it on a voice note she's like yeah that's exactly what we want to do so you know we hashed it out it took a lot of friday friday morning was a lot of us saying like no this is stupid why are we doing it like this like this is our family this is a cheer to introduce herself yeah yeah it was awesome yeah like uh it, it was a pretty funny thing to do it's on the instagram maybe i'll put that on on the uh, mulling it over yeah instagram. we should we people should people who appreciate that um but we'll uh yeah anyways that's just me and the family trying to well not even trying to get an audition we had an audition 10 minutes after this that's incredible even the audition alone is impressive because not a lot of people put time and the effort into auditioning for these shows no they like to think they're they're big enthusiasts but you guys just took it next level which is amazing well we actually did it at least we did it so now is a waiting game yeah so we might be called it's it's uh don't call us, we'll call you, sir. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if they want to cast us, I mean, they can. So now I want to know about your skills, Molly. Do you find yourself a quick thinker of good answers? Oh, of course, in the audition. So wow. <laughs> so I'll give you just an idea of how the audition went. So, so the first thing they do is they force you to do your, your signature song, your introductions okay. to your family. So that's what we did with a creative song. 
went really well. And the people will see that on Instagram. The next thing we had to do was they went through individually and they asked you questions about yourself. About what makes you whatever, you know, what makes you different or yeah, exciting yeah. or whatever. I basically said I was addicted to leisure sports. <laughs> and then, uh, As we've talked about today. Uh, exactly. I just told them I was addicted to sports, but leisure sports and that's takeover. And I told them about every leisure sport that I've, I've taken over. Then he just stopped and he's like, all right, we get it. <laughs> Felipe, let's talk about you. So... It was, uh, it was, uh, that was pretty simple. Then, did we do a little bit of the game. Yeah. And they make everybody do, like, that lightning round. Yeah. At the end, where it's, like, they ask you three questions. You have to try to get the highest yeah, yeah. answer. And, um, so they give you three in a row. For each person? For each person. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, I end up, uh... He ends up giving me a question, which was like, it was something ridiculous. It was like, if you had to use a parking sign, like a, uh, like a driving sign to describe your sex life, what would you use? <laughs> and I said the no smoking sign. It was just the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> There's so many good ones. I don't know. I could have There's like, light. stop. There's yield. There's... Um, slow down. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, but you're in, but you're in a pressure situation. You got the producers looking at you. No, no answer. parking. Well, I, I was thinking no parking, but I said no smoking. Oh, okay. Anyway, so I did not get any uh, any points on that one. Oh, I did no. pretty well on that one. Uh, on the other ones, though, it was, I think <laughs> that's I a really funny question. Yeah, uh, one was like, what has which country has the largest space or something, which is Russia. That's easy. Okay. And I had something else. I don't even know. But that was, uh, that was my pretty funny one. Felipe had a really funny one as well. It was the last one they asked of the whole thing. Okay. But let me just ask you this question, Brian, just to see how you A do. speed round? Just a, just a quick, just one question in the speed round. Just okay. give me a, a flash first thing that comes out of your mind. Okay. Okay. What is a nickname you can give to both your girlfriend and your dog? Uh, loud. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> okay, that's not bad. So Felipe went with bitch. <laughs> so, yeah, we couldn't air that. I, yeah, I don't know about that. One. No. But, but the guy's laughing a lot. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, so we had a lot of fun. It was so. Regardless, it's gonna be one of those things which a hilarious experience. Just uh, even audition, but yeah, that's great. It could mean that uh, you know we get on Family Feud, and that would be a hell of a podcast. Oh my god, man! Long, I would love that. Cool. I would love that so much. Yeah, uh, you get to meet. Uh, what was the host again? We talked about Jerry this. D. Jerry D. They yeah. asked me if I ever knew Jerry. If I've ever seen had any interactions with Jerry D. But I, I actually weirdly have, because which two, is so funny. In 2010, at the Halifax Comedy Festival, I happened to like be beside his hotel room. Like my hotel room happened to be. Why were you in Halifax? I was there for I was on I did an internship at the Canada Games. And then oh I was, like, right. Out of Canada Games at Halifax, so we were like great in city. A, a great city. Yeah. Yeah, we went to the 
Oh, we went to the... Keith's Brewery? Keith's yeah, Brewery. nice. Good time. No. But anyways, um, so he was doing the, ha- ha- uh, the comedy festival in Halifax and at the casino. I was at the hotel that was attached to the casino. He happened to be right beside me in the hotel. So I literally followed him down all the way to his own performance. Wow. Yeah, it was him and his wife and his kids, and then he just goes on and he just rips them apart. Nice, as most comedians do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It was was something to watch. But yeah, no, anyways, uh, yeah, so we're, uh, yeah, we tried our best. See what what happens. That's awesome. I uh, hope you guys get picked. Um, But uh, yeah, we're going to go from here to. Oh, yeah, well. I haven't even been looking at the itinerary to be honest. Um, yeah, this is not really a good transition for this one, but the uh, the boys' trip, the tenth anniversary, was canceled for the Bills. Yeah, pretty yeah, devastating was, news, actually. Yeah, that was a tough decision. Uh, we couldn't do it. We couldn't. Do it. Well, no, we can't do it. I mean, uh, even if Buffalo host fans hosts fans, we're not going to be a part of that. Yeah. We can't even get to the States for one. Would we even want to go to the States is number two, which in my opinion, no, I would not want to. So we got an alternate solution. We're going to, we're going to go on a golf trip, I think. And, um, we've been golfing a lot lately. Well, you've been golfing a lot more than I have. I've been disc golfing. I uh, picked up a new sport. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You disc golfers. The worst type of people. Well, I mean, eh. It's uh, I'm, that's a community I'm a part of as well. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was gonna don't say. you? So let's say you only have one sport to go for the rest of your life. Is it going to be disc golf or is it going to be regular golf? Oh man, this can't be a competition in your head. I'm much right better at disc golf than I am at. Uh, yeah, at but do you have more fun? Disc I have a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun. Oh no. Well, I've never disc golfed, so I don't know the appeal. But anyways, I I mean, I love golf. I, I've been golfing a lot lately. I try and get at least once a week. Well, you've been doing at least once a week. And my game's, like, improving a little bit. So I'm, like, a, the last four times I think I've been in the high 80s, which for me is good. I, I'll take that all day. Yeah, anytime you can be in a round bogey golf, like that is a great game. Yeah, for sure. And uh, in our friends, that'll get you about top three or four max. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's always a good feeling, beating your friends in sports. Yeah, this is about the time of year where guys start <laughs> settling into where they are as a golfer for the year. Yes, exactly. There's a lot of high hopes. A lot of, at the beginning of the year, you know, oh, no, we started in mid-May. Like, oh, it was a late, late start. So. <laughs> You know, that brings you all the excuses, July, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, like, still don't have your drive, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah okay, maybe. Some people regress, too, which is funny. They have a really yes. nice season, or uh, they have a really nice game early in the season, yes. and then they expect to get there every single time for the rest of the season, and they just don't, and then they play head games with themselves, and then they just go downhill. It's a mental oh, it's, game. It's a it's a big mental game. It's uh, really a game for people between the years. Yeah. Um, so you have a pretty big bet against Zach, who has been known to be one of our worst golfing friends. Uh, and you're losing in this bet. It's a season-long bet. 
And I think it's 8-4 for him on matchups. Am I not right? Yeah, he's at 8-4 right now. Plenty of golf left, though. I'm not worried about it. He... Is there plenty of golf left, though, Mark? We're getting into late August here. Uh, we could go back to back. He would do that. He's. Oh, we're also talking about doing the buy golfathon, which if we were to do that, I think I could crush him. But would you count disc golf as one of your Molaris events? Oh, he would do that for sure. That's so biased. Why? Because you go disc golf every day. You know what? That's what the reason why you're not getting better at golf. It you, is re- the you realize it is, you realize that's absolutely that. the reason. Yeah. <laughs> but this golf's free. After you buy the disc, I buy a lot of discs. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I get that appeal, which is great. I mean, golf is not a cheap sport to play, but um, I don't know. I just I like it way better than I can see myself liking throwing a disc. You've never tried it, so you can't. Uh, you can't say that. But I can just expect myself to feel that way, you know. I could have expected that, too. I've been playing golf since I was 14. Almost every day. A lot. Not every day. When I was 14, it was more like every day. Now it's like once a week. And it does not go well. Alright, so, Molly, explain to me why you like disc golf. Besides that it's free. Which is a great thing. It's awesome. If you uh... Okay. So I just, well, I look at it the exact same as golf. Why do I like golf? Outdoors. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Right there, feeling the sun. Yep. Whatever. Um, hey, I'm using a park. I'm using a park that's, you know, meant to be walked on. Anyways. <laughs> okay. I also clean the park when I'm out there. Oh, you're doing your civil, civil duty. Yeah, every once in a while. Every once in a while. Now, if you're contributing to the mess, you're obligated to. And sometimes we we held the tournament. We contributed to the mess. But we fixed it immediately afterwards. Yeah. Okay, so you're not cleaning extra in the park. No, we're doing that too. Okay. Actually, you know what? As a small tip, I've actually started bringing garbage bags with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, just on walks wherever I go. It's a nice gesture. I was in Canada. The, The thing was filthy. The path was filthy. It didn't make any sense. People that there's Starbucks coffees. Anyways, I won't get into those. I won't get into that. Where was I, Brian? Uh, you like the outdoors. You like going to the park. Yes. And you like cleaning the park. Sure. I like cleaning the park. I like, uh, you know. That must like, make you feel good. Yeah, for sure. I get that. It's okay. a quick nine. It's a quick nine. It's 45 minutes. Okay. You want to play for four hours? I don't know. Play 36. You know, you want to play... Or whatever. You can play like 44 or 45, you know? Okay. Like, you can play as much or as little as you want. Uh, do you get frustrated like you do in golf? Oh, yeah. You throw your discs in trees. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I have, uh, Brian, I have gotten up at 7 o'clock in the morning. Now, I work at 9. I wait, I got up at 7 o'clock in the morning. I've got my shoes on. I went to Tim's. Got a coffee. Went... Drove 15 minutes to the disc golf course. Yep. Got there, hit a bogey to start the round, not the best. Hit a seven by going from bush to bush to back into the other bush. 
Oh, no. Now, keep in mind, I'm throwing these things. Yeah. And I'm still going bush to bush to bush. I end up walking off with a quadruple bogey. Oh, okay. So, I, here's a question for you. Is Do strokes matter if you go into the woods? Is it a stroke like it would be golf? No, but you have to go in the woods and throw. You can take a you can take a draw uh, unless it's got to be heavily forested. Okay. Like you would actually not be able to get physically get in, but like you have to climb through all the roots and you have to throw from the forest. Really? Okay. That. All right, so you got a quadruple. I got a quadruple bogey. That's not good then. And then I sat on the third tee and I thought, and the round was over. I'm not I'm not coming back from a quadruple bogey. Okay. Um, like there's just no way. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, man. I got up early. I got. I went and got my coffee. I did everything I had to do just to get to this point, to get a seven. I did not make it past the third hole. I stopped. So you went home. I went home. Okay, so you get frustrated. So you get frustrated. Yeah. Frustrated golf. But the thing is, though, if you hit a seven in golf, or you sorry, a quadruple bogey, you hit a nine on a par five. You have okay. no other choice. You've got to play the next hole. You paid forty dollars to play there. Yeah, you have absolutely. no choice. You're playing that out. Yep. Whether you like it or not. Now, is that a good thing about golf? It could be. You could argue that that's a really good thing about golf, and it forces you to overcome those obstacles. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that disc golf, you can just walk off because whatever. Yeah. Now, do the, the one thing I did not anticipate about disc golf, Brian, is my addiction to buying discs did not anticipate me going on a buying on a discs buying spree this summer yeah i wouldn't see you wanting to do that like for any reason but i mean you've been playing enough that you can justify it yeah exactly i tried it well i try to have enough discs to have people come with me now I yeah have three true. people come with me now which is pretty sweet yeah that is sweet but it's a lot of discs though it's hundreds of dollars of discs. Yeah. Um, can't say I do the same. You've been using your same night golf clubs for 15 years. That is really funny if you think about it. <laughs> if only I just taken the money I'd taken in discs and put it in my golf set. For yeah, months. exactly. Maybe I would have a better game of golf. Well, it's too late now. I have the discs. <laughs> I got a full on disc addiction. No, but I, anyways, but all right. Well, uh, you're making some compelling points you know, here. It's like you get, when, especially when you get the other. So I naturally, Brian, if, as a part of any game that you get addicted to, you must get others addicted with you. Yes. Okay. And that's why I bought the extra discs because that way I got Phil, I got Phil involved, I got Jay involved, I got all well, with Jay. Lytle came uh, came along. Yeah. Ferris came along. Morrison came along. So now we have, all of a sudden we have seven people. I was a, I was a one person wolf pack for months. Yeah. And now boom, it, we just expanded. There you go. And it, you know it's the exact same thing. You want your buddies to lose. You want to win. You know it's golf in the end. Yeah. I I would say we'd have we've probably had our most successful golf season though of years. Didn't, didn't anticipate we'd get the kind of numbers we got. I mean, we've same. been getting... Every time I go out, there's eight of us at least. Yeah. And it's incredible. I gotta say, like, it's it's good to see everyone's face out there. Um, and we talked about it. There was five of us. We used to have five guys that you could draw from 
Pretty much. Yes. If you wanted to get a game of golf. It was probably, yeah, we'd have like six of us, maybe, yeah. max. And you wouldn't get, you'd be lucky to get four. Usually you'd get three, maybe. Sometimes even on, like, tours for the Purple Jacket, we'd only get six, seven guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And now we've just blown up to three tee times on Saturday, which is insane. I love it, man. I love I, it. I personally, again. like... I think the drama of golf is just way better than what I can picture disc golf being. I don't know why, I just I, I just find people more invested in the sport. And more there's more on the line in regular golf than disc golf, in my mind. You gotta you can't you can't possibly say that without without playing it. Well this is you what I'm just saying. It. You gotta be you gotta feel what it's like going into seventeen with a one stroke lead. I just wouldn't. I, that's yeah. Not a, that's a pressure. That's a pressure moment. You got a one stroke lead going into seventeen. It's just like, it's just like regular golf. It's all strokes. Yeah, but I don't think I'd care that much. Why? I don't know. I don't know. It's just something I feel. You're just hitting a ball, closest to a hole. Like I feel like it would like curling more than disc golf. Oh, it's a bold statement. <laughs> and like I love curling. I only play it once a year, but I I mean, I feel like I'm way more competitive at curling than I'd ever be at disc golf. Just <laughs> more at curling. You're not that good at curling. What an insult. I won the friggin' Knights of Columbus <laughs> tournament this year. I'm great at curling. <laughs> oh, man. I hope there's no curling fans listening to this. That's such an insult to them. Uh, all right that's enough banter about yeah this is a big banter on sports um well we have one more sponsor uh commercial and then we'll closing remarks yep let's do it all right all right my name is mark mullen brad zorkel you're listening mullen or over mark Let me hear you say this shit is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This shit is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Again, this shit is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This shit is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Labor Day weekend. Banana brand muffins. You've got a minute to win it. You've got a minute to what? You've got a minute to win it. Well, Molly, it's uh, fantastic to be back. It's a shame this episode has to come to an end, but uh, I had a great time today. Yeah, a great time too. You know, if uh, maybe we could have got a second episode in if it didn't take us an hour and twenty-four minutes to. Get our microphones working, but hey, I think the podcast is way better as a result. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely agree. And uh, going forward, we're gonna we're gonna have way more bet good times. Um, this last segment, minute to win it, one of my favorites, Molly. You let me know when. Or actually, you're starting it off. Yeah. Um, let me know when you're ready. All right. Yeah, I'm ready to go. 
Okay, one minute to uh, talk about your topic. Ready and go. All right, so Leafs Keep Us Laughing is my topic. And they do keep us laughing. These guys are so pathetic. I don't know if any possible combination of NHL hockey player could go into Toronto and actually win. There is no way. The media will not allow it to happen. Those fans, they don't know what they're talking about. It's constant. They're always showing themselves to the NHL and the NHL world how little they know about hockey. And that's putting the pressure. These pressure that these guys are on for not breathing right or having hardies is just unbelievable. Two-time <laughs> Stanley Cup champion Phil Kessel couldn't even win in Toronto. He couldn't even win a playoff series. Nobody can win a playoff series. They haven't won a playoff series since 2004. <laughs> Why in the world would you do this to yourself? You say you bleed blue? You don't bleed blue. You bleed Senator's red. Everybody knows it. You've bled before. It's always been red. Don't tell me you bleed blue. But because when you're blue, you're dead. And that's what Leaf fans are right now. They're dead. Wow. One minute on the dot. I don't even know how we score a minute to win it, Molly, but that was a 20 out of 20. I'm giving you a 20 out of 20. I loved it. All right. I just had to get that one out of you there, Brian. That was awesome. And you you ended it perfect. That was a the genuine minute. I one minute, minute .31. I just needed one minute of everyone's time there to get that off my chest. Oh, they are pathetic, though. Um, yeah. I also have... My next segment is Leafs related. It's uh, it's quite funny. Love that. Uh, my topic is uh, Randall's early Sully versus Mully's early Sully. I believe, okay. right? You let me know when you want to go. I'm ready. There you go. All right, so it was uh, we celebrated Randall's birthday on I think it was Sunday or something. Anyways, um, the Leafs were playing Columbus that night. The Leafs were down three nothing, I think it was in four minutes or something. And Randall texts the group family chat. The laughs are done, and sure enough, they come back and oh, win. No. Oh, and he also added, "Oh, best birthday present ever." <laughs> Fast forward to his actual birthday, and uh, it was like the Monday or whatever that they played, and uh, the Leafs lose, so it it ended up being a good birthday present for Randall anyway. That's a feel-good story. Fast, or back, sorry, rewind to Mully's early Sally. 9-9 semifinals to go to the finals, Goliath versus David, Yeah, and... Um, Mully being David in this situation um, thinks he wins the hand to go to the finals in our Euchre League double fist pumps like I've never seen anyone double fist pump in their entire life and uh, doesn't realize he lost it was great yeah it took me a full minute that's a long time <laughs> uh, when you sit down and everyone's looking at you like wow and it, you feel it in the air and then that's when I realized it was done yeah uh, not bad. You kept it. You went over. You were like a one minute and fifteen. But ah, shoot. Right. Conveying those two stories in a minute and fifteen is still pretty impressive. But I'd give you a, a fourteen out of seventeen. Huh? Okay, I like it. I'll yeah. take it. Not bad. Yeah, uh, it's all right. I, uh, I'll probably get criticized for that. But <laughs> we'll see. Give us uh, your opinions on our opinions at no reply at markandbrian.com. My opinions on their opinion. Is this another minute to win it? Oh, we still have one more minute to win it. Yeah, we've got you to go. Yeah, I got another one. Okay. I was saying we could add uh, that as one of ours, but um, 
Yeah, let's let's finish with you here. No, we gotta finish it. We promised this in the intro, I believe. So. Yeah, we did. Uh, I don't even remember what it is. What is it? It's the NHL draft. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ready to go? Yeah. And uh, keeping it hockey related here. Keeping it hockey related. Tonight. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Yeah. Ready and go. The NHL draft is probably one of, one of the most rigged uh, things in the entire world. The NHL might be as rigged as the Vatican. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> What's going on here in the NHL? These guys will let the Edmonton Oilers get constant, constant odds to, to somehow or another pick first overall. They'll always give the Leafs a chance to, to pick first overall. And how could they do this when these guys weren't even players in the first in that first lottery? Well, they just get one of these mystery teams to win first overall. Again. Now... Was I upset that the Senators got third and fifth? Yeah, because I had already in my mind decided that they, they were going to get first. Because they got screwed over three years ago. They got screwed over two years, no, sorry, two years ago. They got screwed over. One year ago, it wasn't even their pick, and they still went. Well, yeah, <laughs> they, they still it. lost it. We got all the way to fourth. So there, I was like, there ain't no way. And by the way, we got third and fifth this year, but San Jose's pick was was the third one. Yes, <laughs> it's the it should be noted that the Sens pick is the fifth. One. <laughs> yes, this league is ridiculous. It's so flawed on many many levels. Now, am I upset that we have three three first round picks this year because of the Pajot trade in this flawed system that they, <laughs> that they call an NHL playoffs got the Islanders into the playoffs somehow? Giving us a, another first-round pick, incredible. Yeah. But anyways, um, I'm well beyond the, the one-minute mark. It's not even close. You're at 143. I'll stop you there, Molly. Yeah. Um, I, on other Sens news, Brian, I, I have a question for you because I haven't seen you in a while, so i, I got to ask you. Can I rank your minute to win it first? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I expected better a little bit. Okay. Um, i give it a 7 out of 10. I think you could have went better with that topic because you had stories behind it about yourself getting all pumped up that I wanted to hear about. and um, Yeah, I was a little disappointed. But uh, 7 out of 10, still well done. Uh, I'm just as disappointed as you with the NHL. So Yeah, I had a day. I got, I got really excited about it. Dressed up. Uh, yep. Got I also got dressed up. And uh, Hill, who is a <laughs> Detroit fan, who also got screwed. They came yeah. la- dead last and ended up at fourth pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were FaceTiming each other when it happened. Uh, yeah, he was pretty upset too. But anyways, hockey-related question you had for me. Yes, uh, the Senators have changed their jerseys back to the old jerseys. What do you think of this? Absolutely love it, Molly. Interesting. Um, I also love it. I there's, cannot wait to get a black one. You know what? Like, I liked when the the ones when they tried to go like new and um, like modernize the the face. You know, when they like put a little bit of character into the face and turned it so it was three D rather than two D. I get it. I, I I totally get it. You want to like change with the organization and everything. But um, going back to your roots is where it is. And when they brought out the O, remember the O from the very beginning? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone loves that Everyone jersey. Loves it, yeah. And, like, you got to go back to your roots. And the roots of the 92 season um, with that great logo, Yeah, I mean, love it. I love going back to 2D. It just makes a lot more sense, I think. I, 
I uh, I just got a recently a new jersey, but I might even get another one. Yeah, it'd just be nice having an Adidas, an Adidas version of this jersey. It's just going to be really cool. Yeah. Right? And there's going to be a third jersey, and that's going to be wild. I can't wait to see what that looks like. But that's something to look forward to, sense-wise. Finally, we haven't really had any real exciting jersey news in the last little while. So It's been very bland, actually, our our sense jerseys. Uh, remember the one with the sends across? Yeah, that was bad. That was a tough one. That was bad for everybody. And you know what? Some marketing firm, like, sold that to everybody. Like, wasn't there other teams that were doing the exact same thing? Bolts? Yeah. yeah. Um, Bolts. Yeah, yeah, you're bad. right. Um, I never mind. I just wanted right. to double check that I actually got ninety two right, and yeah, that's right. Something sounded fishy about me saying ninety two when it was founded, but no, I was right. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I think uh, you know. I think that's probably the end of the podcast for today, isn't it? Yeah. Now we're in uh, twenty six. I'm going to uh, BC tomorrow, Molly. Oh, yeah, I never got around to talking about that. Maybe yeah. I'll uh, go out there, create a lot more content for the podcast. Yeah. So last time I went there it was uh, fantastic. I had great stories and everything. The Namaste people out there is just—it's just another world. Um, you know, they'll be there again. They haven't left. I know. I'm sure of that. <laughs> so I hope I have some more stories for you next podcast. Yeah. Do you feel like you're—you uh, have trained enough for the mountains? Yes. Um, no, definitely not. Really? No, I've been doing cardio a little bit more, but not like that's just straight endurance, like strength endurance. You're just constantly doing step ups. Yeah. It's yeah, it's tough. Lunges and step ups for probably five kilometers. Wow. Yeah. Well, have fun doing that. That'll be, uh, sounds like a great time. Yeah, it should be good. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I've mulled it over. So have I. All right. Well, we'll have to get back <laughs> together soon and mull it over again. All right. Sounds good. All right. My name is Mark Mullen. Brian Zorro. Have a good week, everyone. It's mulling over, Mark Mullen. Hit it, Felipe. <laughs> <laughs>